All right, y'all, what is going on? This is your man, L. Jamal, coming through with another edition of Never Out of Bounds. Of course, this is the place where you can say what you want as long as you got the facts. It has been long overdue, uh, but of course, we are, I am at a point uh, where I feel like I am with all this stuff going on in the world right, world right now uh, and just the reviews that I want to get through on my YouTube channel. I thought it would be best, uh, just some of the projects in general that I want to get out on YouTube, I thought it would be best if I go back in my bag and get my podcast out so we can get into these sports, we can get into some other alternative uh, topics. you know, as things as things progress in in my in my life and in, in the world and in history and what we witnessing right now, so I figured I it might it might better suit me if I have a, a second option to go to when it comes to you know deciphering this information and giving it out to you guys so uh today uh it'll just be a very simple episode this should have came out last night uh but i had some recording issues uh but this is going to be some nba scores and stats over the course of the weekend of course we are in the midst of the semifinals at this point we have made it to that point actually i think there's uh maybe a couple more round one uh games that need to be played on the west on the western side of things but uh like i said we're going be going on the playoffs today as far as what else i got planned immediately for the podcast uh, i do have some uh, mlb news to go over some college football uh, that i wanted to get into so uh, for now we're probably looking to be sports heavy right now of course that is why we have the youtube you know so i can mix it up so of course links will all be provided at the end of this segment here also i have links on my youtube to get back to this channel here uh this is still called the same thing never out of bounds of course uh this is available on spotify anchor also um apple and google podcast as well so uh without further ado you know it's been a while but let's get right into it with some NBA action, with some playoff action, starting with Saturday's action. Uh, the Bucks were able to get it done against the Magic, 118 to 104. Uh, the Bucks were able to win that series four games to one in Game Five for the Magic. Uh, they were led by Nikola Vucevic. He would have 22 points. Evan Fournier, the shooting guard for them, had 18 points, four rebounds, and three assists. And for the Bucks, they were led by Giannis, who would have 28 points, 17 rebounds, 17 rebounds, and three assists. Chris Middleton would have 21 points, 10 rebounds, and 7 assists. And Brooke Lopez, the big man, would have 16 points and 7 rebounds. As far as some team stats go, uh, Milwaukee had an easier shooting night. Uh, they were able to go 40, uh, 44.5% from the field goal uh, as their field goal percentage, which is uh, a lot better than Orlando, who struggled at 39 point, uh, 39%. Uh, from the field, uh, they are both about even from three. Of course, Milwaukee doesn't shoot a whole lot of threes, but they do have a couple people who can, you know, who can ice them. Uh, now, Milwaukee out rebounded Orlando 56 to 47, and they also had 42 points in the paint. So that's pretty much uh, Milwaukee's mode of operation, especially with Giannis. Uh, Giannis isn't your three-point specialist at this point in his career. He's developing some range in a jumper, but you know his bread and butter is in the paint. And usually, when it comes to the three-point production, he gets that from Middleton and some some of the guys coming off the bench like Pat Connaughton. So that's how Milwaukee gets it done. Uh, a little bit too much for the uh, the Magic to handle, but we kind of knew this already, even with the upset in Game One. Um, you know, it just things just didn't work out for Orlando. They 
are developing. Uh, they are definitely a team. I, it's hard to say they're on the rise or not, uh, but they've made the playoffs for the for the past two years. They've lost in the first round, uh, basically a four to one. I think four to one losses. I think last year they lost to Brooklyn four to one in the first round as well. So again, they're developing. Um, may they're not bad enough to get you know a, a lottery pick. So maybe something uh, in the offseason come free agency may help them. That might be their best bet. Uh, but for now. Uh, the Bucks they move on to the second round. Uh, up next, uh, we had the Thunder. Uh, they take a really big loss to the Rockets, one fourteen to eighty. Of course, Russell uh, Russell Westbrook has made his back made his way back into the starting lineup for Houston. So uh, that was probably the deciding factor there, especially in my opinion. Of course, the Rockets lead the series three two. Of course, you have a game six coming on tonight uh, for the Thunder. Uh, they were led by Dennis Schroeder. He would have nineteen points off the bench. Chris Paul would have six. 16 points, six rebounds, and three assists. Uh, James Harden will lead the way. Actually, he will lead all scores with 31 points, five assists, and two rebounds. Robert Covington will do a lot of damage, especially from three, but he had 22 points in total, seven rebounds, and three assists. I did not know he was on that squad. And Eric Gordon would have 20 points, four rebounds, and three assists. Uh, this series, in my opinion, should have kind of been wrapped up. I'm um, just looking at both the the rosters here and just, you know, kind of the production that I remember seeing from the Rockets this year. Um, but I guess, you know, for one, you know, Westbrook was out, you know, and they give, I mean, in the media and, you know, you listen to a lot of these YouTube guys, uh, basketball guys, and, you know, they give rest and basketball analysts in general, actually, uh, they, they try to give uh, Westbrook a hard time. Uh, but he, you know, he does his thing, you know, he's, you know, he, there was a point where he was averaging a triple double. He's been able to, you know, kind of get back from that and kind of be more of a team oriented player now in Houston, you know, of course, dealing with James Harden and you have Eric Gordon who can shoot and score as well. So it's not like a situation where he's in OKC where he has to, I think, you know, in, in OKC, you know, as much as it was some glory to, you know, glory and, and some stats and some recognition to be had, what he, what he was doing, um, you have to be honest with yourself and say, look, I mean, he's pretty much, if we're being honest with ourselves, he was probably the only person on that squad that could do any of those things, score, pass, rebound, uh, to a consistent basis. I mean, rebounding, you had probably Steven Adams on that OKC squad, but that was about it. I mean, nobody's passing the ball. Nobody's really going to be scoring as much as Russell Westbrook. So, again, it, it was done out of necessity. Uh, now he doesn't have to do that. You know, you see the Rockets, I mean, they're just dominating. Chris Paul, um, you know, in the Thunder, they just seem to be outmatched and uh, for them to have two wins right now uh, I will give them props for that but I don't see this I don't see this series going seven I see this series uh, ending tonight as far as some of the team stats go both teams shot under 50 percent uh, Houston did sh hit 19-3 so again that's their that's part of their bread and butter uh, they like to they like to shoot and they like to shoot the three and when they make it they're on fire and, and they usually win uh, Houston uh did pass the ball well. They would have 28 team assists. The Rockets did force 12 steals, and Oklahoma City would have 18 turnovers in, in total. So again, uh, sloppy play, sloppy play from OKC, and the Rockets 
pretty much keyed in on that and were able to make some opportunities with that. They made a bunch of a bunch of points off of turnovers and in transition. So again, those are easy high percentage shots. You add that to the threes that they're going to be making, and Houston can be a monster. Uh, OKC did not have an edge in rebounds. Uh, I'm sorry, OKC did have an edge in rebounds, and they would have 15 offensive rebounds. So I mean, they're I mean they're able to get the rebounds, but again, they're not converting on those those second chance opportunities necessarily uh they're not converting in general that being the thunder and it's been very difficult it looks like um and I, again i feel like this series ends tonight uh let's move on of course my blazers go down uh in a blaze of glory and uh they lose to the lakers of course four games to one in game five 131 to 122 is the final score here uh, i'll break this one down of course i have to uh, for the Blazers, they were led by C.J. McCollum, who had 36.7 assists and 6 rebounds. And Carmelo Anthony uh, dusting off the time machine and, and going back uh, to some Denver Nuggets days. 27.7 assists, maybe even some New York days. He had a couple of New York games where he was pretty decent. But uh, not enough in this game here, unfortunately. Of course, you had LeBron for the Lakers. Uh, he, he would have 36 points as well. He also added, added 10 assists to that and 10 rebounds. A triple-double from him. Another playoff triple-double for your boy. What is that, like 100 of them? God. Anthony Davis, 43 points, 9 rebounds, and 4 assists. And mind you, LeBron is my favorite player, but the Portland Trailblazers are my favorite basketball team. So it's just like, uh. But I do not, I will tell you this, I do not like the Lakers. I've never been a fan of the Lakers. I would almost go on a, a you know, and if it, if, if, you know, if the circumstances and Kobe hadn't recently died, I would have said I hate them, but that wouldn't be the right thing to say. That is a, that is a strong thing to say, but um, I, I still have some, um, well, my other uh, team that I'm really into is Sacramento, so you can give me some hate for that or whatever, but I, I love Sacramento, especially back in the day, and I really feel like the Lakers cheated them, so I'm really still bitter about that, so I don't think I could ever just... Yeah, Lakers. No, especially when they're playing Portland. That's not ever going to happen. But um, you had Contavious Caldwell Pope adding 14 off the bench. Actually, no, he was starting in that game. So 14 points from him and five assists. Uh, the main thing here is, you know, Portland turned over the ball a lot. And uh, looking back on everything, looking back on all our struggles um, in general uh, during the season, of course, we had injuries, but turnovers were a big issue as well. Uh, turned the ball over. Uh, giving these teams multiple possessions, uh, you know, 20 times, you know, that's points on the other end usually, uh, especially with a team with LeBron, you know, and there were many times we got that game very close. And I know if we had Lillard there, of course, he's no longer in the bubble. He suffered a, a serious injury just like he did last year. Um, you know, I'm pretty sure if he was there, this might have been a, matter forced to game six just with the way that we were playing we seemed to be active again there was many points where we could have taken the lead we were close we we're chipping uh chipping things down i think we might even had things tied at some point so it's just difficult watching this you know as definitely as a fan uh but there are some flaws with this team and there are some things and i and I, again i mentioned this before we got to the playoffs uh this team is really missing a strong prominent wing and we can sit there and look at it like Carmelo this. And don't get me wrong, Carmelo is a decent player. And thank you for your performance uh, throughout the course of the bubble and through, you know, what you've been able to do. 
And I'm pretty sure with just the situation that we have right now with our uh, our cap situation, we're strapped for cash anyways, no matter really what we did. So we might end up having to run it back anyway. So we might even have to keep him. Uh, but I, we still, we would we would have, we honestly, Portland would be the better situation had they really had a prominent in his prime wing. Um, meaning Jason Tatum maybe. Uh, of course, you know, there was a position a long time ago where we could have drafted Kevin Durant. Imagine Kevin Durant, C.J. McCollum, and Damian Lillard, you know. And we can plug and play some big some big men here and there because I think now with their ability to shoot now, with their ability to do so much on the offensive end and, you know, everything like that, big men, you can kind of streamline your big men, I feel. And, you know, you can kind of keep them streamlined, but I feel like you really need a decent shooting guard and some decent shooting in general, a, a really prominent small forward, maybe a 3 and D guy who can really start for you. For, for you. And, and that's really what these prominent, these, you know, teams have. If you look at the, if you look at the Warriors, you know, through their years, they've had the great shooting guard and in the, in the power, uh, the, sorry, the point guard was Steph and Clay. They had the Splash Brothers, of course. The Blazers had that too with CJ and Dane. So of course the two guard is on lock, but the Warriors seem to always have that that wild card at the small forward position. They had Andre Iguodala. Look at what he was able to do in the 2015 final. So it it's beneficial to have a really prominent wing guy specifically at the small forward position, and the, and and the Blazers have have yet to to realize that. Uh, we put all the money in this into CJ and Dame one year. And we decided to say, well, fuck it. We'll just go get Evan Turner. No. And spend some money on him, too. Bad, bad, bad decision. Waste of money. Uh, we wasted money on contracts for Alan Crabb. Bad, bad. And we have to reap, we have to reap those, uh, you know, repercussions. Again, we need, a, we need a really prominent offensive and defensive balance wing, maybe power forward as well, who could, maybe even a power forward, power forward or small forward, but a four, somebody at the forward position who's, you know, balanced, I would say balanced between defense and offense, uh, you know, can, can, at least on the perimeter, can play some perimeter D um, because that's where the league is at right now, can shoot and can score. You need three. You need three really solid scoring threats. Everybody has it. Uh, Golden State has had that for many years. Uh, you have that right now with the Clippers. They have Kawhi. They have um, Paul George. Whenever he decides to turn it on, and then you have Lou Williams, who can turn it on and just score twenty points on you. I don't know we're off the bench. Uh, you have that with the Lakers. You'll have that with LeBron. You'll have Anthony Davis. And then you have a mixture of, like I said, well, last night, well, well sorry, Alaska, and then they played against the Blazers. They had Contavious Pope. But the other night still have uh, Kyle Kuzma. You have to have another reliable third player within that mix that can come on and off or, you know, be consistent. And another thing that I've noticed is C.J. McCollum himself isn't always as consistent. There's games that he'll disappear kind of, or he he's not keeping up with the pace that everybody else is. So um, there's some things that we have to figure out. Uh, honestly, I think we're going to have to run it back next year again because, like I said before, with our cap situation, there's not a whole lot of money there. Um, Hassan Whiteside's contract ate up a lot of money, of course. Dame and CJ's contracts 
are eating up money daily and that's just the way it is and um unfortunately of course portland you know they're not bad enough to have first picks in the draft but again they're not you know great enough to the point where they're just <clears throat> commanding a a decent free agent market either you know we're not winning championships yet you know championships yet and the way that they were losing are not in the best ways you know they don't look really good you know despite you know what the situation is uh but let's move on to yesterday's action uh in the eastern conference we had some upsets i feel oh wait yeah sorry in the eastern conference uh we had the celtics beating up on the raptors 112 to one uh, sorry 112 to 94 in game one the raptors currently lead that series one zip marcus smart and jason uh, jason tatum were both at 21 points marcus smart would have six rebounds and four assists and jason tatum would have nine rebounds and two assists as well uh kimber walker would have 18 points for the celtic green you'd also have sorry 18 points 10 assists and 3 rebounds, and Jalen Brown would have seven, 17 points, 5 rebounds, and 4 assists. For the Raptors, Kyle Lowry would have 17 points, 8 assists, and 6 rebounds, and Serge Ibaka would have 15 points and 9 rebounds coming off the bench. Some uh, takeaways from this game, uh, poor shooting from the Raptors, only 36% uh, from the field, and they did not score until 3 minutes into the fourth quarter. Pascal Siakam would notably, notably struggle. Of course, he's the star of that team going 5-16, and he only had 13 points, and he only um, had just three three-point attempts. So, again, he's struggling. The team struggled in game one. Very interesting. Did Boston play really good defense, or did Toronto just struggle to convert certain shots? Game two will answer those questions. I will say that. The Raptors did force 22 turnovers but failed to convert in transition. They only had 17 fast break points. Might just be they just just couldn't put the ball in the basket that night. Something sometimes ha sometimes you know you just have a cold night. Um it happens. I think now more so than ever probably since the thing is, you know, the thing the thing to do right now in the league is to primarily shoot. So you know, there's going to be times where people are going to have off nights. So I think that's probably the case for the Raptors. Game two, um, I feel that they will even things out. Uh, let's move on back to the Western Conference. We have the Clippers closing out the map, the series with the Mavericks with a 111-97 win. Of course, they win that series 4-2. to two. For the Clippers, they were led by Kawhi. He would have 33 points, four t uh, sorry, 33 points, 14 rebounds, and 7 assists. If Vika Zubak... And Paul George would both have uh, 15 points. Uh, I think Paul George had nine rebounds and seven assists. And then Reggie Jackson would have 14 points and five rebounds. For the Mavericks, of course, it was led by uh, Luka Doncic. Again, surprising the people. He led all. Uh, he led both teams in scoring with 38 points, nine assists, and nine rebounds, despite taking the L. Dorian Finney-Smith would have 16 points, six rebounds, and four assists. And the Mavericks, of course, were without. Some of their big help, Christophe Porzingis. Uh, he had a, a meniscus uh, tear. So again, one eleven ninety seven. Who knows uh, what having Christophe might do for that team? That might be another game seven too. Just unfortunate injuries. This is a sucky playoffs just because of the injuries that I've seen so far. But I mean, it's exciting with the gameplay. Just sucks. Just Dame is out again. You know, and then of course. 
Kristaps is out. Kristaps, I think, would have really helped out uh, the Mavs in this situation. Luka just kept this game so close, as close as he could. But without that extra help, it's just really hard. Um, so takeaways from this game, the, Cl uh, the Clippers outworked the Mavericks on the glass. Uh, 52 to 42. I think they probably could have got some help with Chris Stops in that department as well. And this is the fifth straight 30-point game from Kawhi. So there you go, Kawhi. He's on a mission. Looks like we will see what happens within a round two. Uh, let's move on. We have the Nuggets. Uh, I think this is the last game of the night, actually. Yeah, this is the. I think I think this is the most exciting. I actually looked at the highlights of this one. This one was a really good one. The Nuggets even the series with the Jazz with a 119-107 win. Uh, Jamal Murray completely goes off on everybody with 50 points, uh, 6 of 6 and 5 rebounds, 7 of 24 from the field, 9 of 12 from 3. Again, he was all over the place, uh, really becoming a star in the league because actually he had that seven-game series with Portland last year. He was just starting to get on the map, but now you know he's had some 50-point games. He's having another good series or another deep series here, seven-game series here. He's the focal point of it. Jamal Murray, look out for him. Um, very underrated, um, but I think coming in the next year, he will be on the radar. Nikola Jokic uh, would do his thing with 22 points, nine assists, and four rebounds, and Jeremy Grant would have 18 points. Uh, for the Jazz, they were led by John Donovan Mitchell. Excuse me, He would have 44 points, 6 assists, and 5 rebounds. And Mike Conley Jr. would help out with 21 points, 6 assists, and 5 rebounds. Uh, for the Utah Jazz, they kind of started off early. Well, they, well, they kind of started off hot early, uh, going 5 or 6 for 3. But there were periods of time where they struggled. Uh, they actually had, I think it was like a 10-point lead going into the half. But they gave that up, and they were actually down by a couple points after the half so again um just off and on shooting and that again i think that's just what's going to come with you know the territory again that's what everybody's doing you know it, it's easy to go hot and cold you know when it comes to shooting you know that's just it's just the way of the game so uh there were periods where like i said utah would kind of just go limp and just couldn't really sh convert and you know the nuggets just kept Piling on shots, especially with Jamal Murray, just bam, bam. So the Jazz, like I said, the Jazz held a 15-point, and they also had a 15-point lead in the third quarter. Again, just failure, to, failure uh, at some point, you know, just to just to to keep making shots, and it just allowed the Nuggets to just get back in the league and uh, get back in the lead. And uh, there was a 21 point from 21 point fourth quarter from Jamal Murray, and it was just it was over. It just he outscored uh, Donovan Mitchell. Actually, Donovan Mitchell had a pretty decent fourth quarter as well. Uh, but uh, Murray had 21 points, and Mitchell had 17. So there you go, two players, you know, just you know, outballing both the teams. Imagine, imagine if one more person just stepped up and had like at least eight points. That would have swung the game in in any way. Imagine if you know somebody on the Jazz just added like eight eight points to what Donovan Mitchell was doing because that's pretty much who. All was scoring in the fourth quarter was Murray and Mitchell. So, um, crazy. Yeah, pretty crazy. Uh, but, again, I'm going to call it a wrap for today, y'all. Uh, if y'all looking to get in touch with me, of course, uh, I do have uh, the YouTube. I do have uh, the, sorry, uh, the Facebook and the Instagram. Of course, the links will be made visible to you guys. Uh, follow me on, uh, well, make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel if you haven't yet. Uh, you can find me there, Never Out of Bounds. Same name as it is here. Uh, of course, you know, this is your man, El Jamal. I just wanted to talk to you guys about some NBA action. Of course, this is uh, just the start. 
because a lot of sports stuff we got to get into. So this is why we had to get back into this. There's a lot of stuff in general we got to talk about. So this is why this podcast is back, y'all. So uh, make sure if you uh, haven't uh, followed this on uh, Spotify or Google, make sure you do. Make sure you subscribe. All that. Uh, you can follow me on Facebook as well. My name there is L. Jamal Ajani. Or you can follow the, the Facebook page of the show, Never Out of Bounds. Uh, that's even easier. I also have a Facebook. I also have an Instagram page, L. Jamal Ajani. Uh, you can follow me, follow me there uh, as well. So, you know, I'm always around. Uh, again, if anybody hasn't told you yet, I love you. Peace out. One love. And I'll holler at you guys later.